Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SG Nation Network. And joining me tonight is the Commissioner Jude Seymour and the Chief Inspector, Brendan McAlinden. Fellas, I was told that you can't do anything. There's nothing you can do when they load the box up. I mean, there's just little, you might as well pack it fucking up, pack it in, and just, you know what, this play's not going to work. Not, not a single I thing. Told. I can't think of a single thing. I can't Nothing. think of a single thing. Nothing. I think, you do. I think you just continue to run it the same way you've always run it, and just hope you the know. Best. When hope a man, hope a man's uh, falls down. Really. When the University of Marshall and their ragtag team of Power Five castoffs and two-star athletes decide they want to stack the box up against your four and five star offensive linemen and running backs. You know what you got to do? You just got to tip your hat to them and be like, boys, we got out schemed. They loaded the box. That's it. Let's go home. Let's some they, grass they, to touch. Call it. They hit, they, they went <laughs> nuclear. <laughs> they went nuclear. They, they dropped the atomic bomb. They fucking stacked the box. They stacked the box. Never been done boys. So we're here for, uh, uh review pew, but, uh, this Marshall game, I, I think it's a point of contention around the, the community, huh? I think Andy Nation's got a got a little bit uh, a little bit um, stuck in their crowd with this Marshall game. I want to say something real quick, though. Yeah. Number number one, I do want to tip my fucking cap to Marshall because those guys came to fucking play. Oh yeah. Like they came to fucking play. The Sun Belt Conference is one of the. I I said it in the last podcast. I wasn't fucking around. The Sunbelt Conference is legit. <laughs> Say hello to Appalachian State down in fucking College Station. Blood Week was legit. The Sunbelt Conference whipped whipped it up. Marshall came to play, man. They, those guys came to play football. Notre Dame did not. And the only bit of optimism that I have, the only fucking bit of optimism I have for the season is I do have a thought that because of the way the Notre Dame Ohio state game went down and way that happened, we, we talk about trap games all during the off season, right? Mm-hmm. Like we like, who's the trap game? Who's the trap game? Turns out it could have, we don't know. Notre Dame could just be this terribly shitty. And that's a very good possibility. But my greatest hope 
is that this was the biggest trap game of trap games because not one fucking person in their right minds called Marshall a trap game <coughs> in the offseason. No, because it's fucking but Marshall. It has all the it has all the characteristics of a trap game when you break it down. So if that's the case, there is some optimism moving forward through the season. I'm talking like seven win optimism. All right, let's go get let's go beat uh, Central Michigan in the Motor City Bowl. God, uh, seven wins is not optimism, though, man. It just it just for what not. we just witnessed at zero and two. Sure it is. Fuck it. No, and and here's the thing. That's Notre Dame didn't right now. Notre Dame didn't get beat by an all world Marshall team. This Marshall team is going to win eight games. This isn't a great Marshall team. Their quarterback still everything I said about Marshall's offense going into that preview show. They're, their quarterback it was is all a jag. True. Their quarterback's back, jag. The running, running back is legit. That guy is fucking legit. That so, running back is legit. Their yeah. corners. Tim Priester was right. I mocked Tim Priester in the last podcast. Ha <laughs> ha, joke's on me. He was absolutely fucking right about their corners. I didn't see it. He did. He called it out. And they looked good. And for all the comparisons about uh, Notre Dame, Cincinnati. That was that. That's that. That's a great one. If a team can come in, can can line up against Notre Dame and play press fucking coverage on the outside with their corners, they got us. There's no fucking way we can beat them. Which is ridiculous. I mean, at, at a base level, Marshall scores what 19 points offensively. Their offense basically does buckets. You know, other than the one long run. Uh, two long runs. They had two long runs, and the rest of it is basically buckets, right? A long pass of 19, a long run of 42 and a 30. Like that 72 yards was basically the extent of what they did offensively. And Notre Dame just let a shitty team hang around because they had their hands, their dick in their hands for the first half of football again. They just trap game. I guess is it a trap game when for I, the first three second and longs that you saw in this football game, Tommy Reese calls up a, a run play that those three run plays accounted for a grand total of one that. yard. I don't disagree is it a trap with that. Game? Is it a trap game when on third and two you can't pick up two yards, you get a yard, and then on fourth and one you go for it and you can't pick up the yard against yes, fucking Marshall? That, that is what happens in a trap game. You can't do the things you normally should be able to do because you play fuck around. I mean, is it is it a trap when your quarterback telegraphs with his eyes exactly where he's throwing the ball in the corner, picks it and takes it for six instead of seeing Michael Mayer running fucking wide, wide open? Wide open. Just. Mm. I, I don't know if it's a trap team, <clears throat> but it's it, it's definitely I'm just saying. I'm not call. I'm not exactly calling it a trap game. I'm saying that it has a lot of the characteristics of a trap game, and it's the only thing that's giving me any type of optimism moving forward. I mean, it's like it's, the, well, it's the Toledo game of last year minus a pick six, and they, I mean, there wasn't a scenario where DeQuan Finn because just like the Toledo game, they fucked around, and instead of throwing the pick six, Notre Dame drives the field and scores it right. Right, yeah, but I, right. I felt a lot more confident about Jack Cohn than I did about Tyler Buckner. Oh no, no. I mean, in that Toledo game, 
Like when till when Daquan Finn scored that touchdown, like he should have slid and it would have been over. But right. like despondent at that point. I'm looking over at Josh during the game and we're like, well, we just watched Toledo win. That's how that's how I felt when they got when they when Baylor went up, what was it, nineteen fifteen? It was like nope. yikes. Just watched just watched uh just watched the old uh thundering herd. Marshall. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's, it was whole thing is a fucking disaster. But my biggest beef coming out of the game was I as far as like how people reacting to it really was and th- I do not take this the wrong way. I am not defending Tyler Buckner's poor play. It was bad. But I don't fucking care who the quarterback is. I do not. Notre Dame is not going to do jack and shit at all this season until the offensive and defensive lines get their shit together. Yeah. I don't even care about the quarterback situation right now. I just want to fucking know that we're going to block somebody. I want to know that you were able to take on a fucking block and get some goddamn penetration instead of getting blown the fuck back. Priester called it in the other loot. They are just, just they are no, chipping. They are chipping no and trying to get to the second level, which doesn't exist. And defensive linemen are stunting around and fucking filling the goddamn holes. It is not it is not a hard concept. But you're just laying the shit out of these guys, and that is by design. You are punching and moving. And the punch ain't doing what you think it's doing. No. No, it sure is not. What it's doing is it's allowing you to be one of the worst offenses in college football right now. I mean, um, you are just a step ahead of Iowa. Yeah, Iowa. Iowa is averaging that. seven points per game. Notre Dame is uh, 15.5. fifteen point five. They were a garbage. The only reason they're not right down there with them is a garbage touchdown. Hundred twentieth ranked offense in the country. Hundred seventeenth scoring. I mean. We'll, we'll get to like discussing Cal, like the 117th ranked. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll get to it with like Cal and Cal's got a bad, bad offense. And it's like, offense, I can't yeah. talk shit. I can't talk shit. Like uh, no. I'll get to it. Like Cal's got the 98th ranked rushing defense. That sucks for Cal. Notre Dame's at 111th. What the fuck am I going to say about that? Right. It's, it's just, they're just so, I mean, Marcus Freeman was right. It's everything. And, and the problem is, as Mike Frank and others alluded to on their podcast, there's no obvious fixes in one no. week. No. say, dude, let me ask. Okay, let's say they fix the they fix the the offensive line blocking, right? Let's say okay. let's say it becomes more respectful. They, they they kind of get their shit together a little bit on there. What are they doing with the running back situation? Why well, is then, Logan Diggs taking oh. carries away from Chris Tyree? Why why is why the guy is, who who should, who, who by all accounts a few months ago wasn't going to be ready for another month is out there playing and completely deciding I'm not going to pick up a fucking blitz. It was a third and nine, by the way, it was third and nine at the Marshall 49 in the first quarter. And they had Logan Diggs out there in pass pro. And he just, Oh, let me just scooch by you real quick to the, to the rusher. 
and Tyler Buckner takes an eight yard sack. They probably, if he, if they would have gotten any yardage, they would have gone for it on fourth. And instead they punt and Marshall takes over Dan. It's just awful. And it's like, there's been no carry from Logan Diggs that has been effective. None, none. And that, that, that punt led to Marshall's first touchdown, by the way. So uh, infuriating. Yeah. I don't, like, I just don't, I just don't know what people, I, what, what we should expect now. And I don't even know how we're supposed to talk about this now. Cause we could drag this shit through the fucking mud for hours. Yeah. And I, and we wouldn't be wrong. It may be a dick move, but it ain't wrong. Well, you know, here, here's the other thing is like, you know, Pete Sampson's on, a, I think it was Irish Illustrated saying like, Hey, we thought this team was good. Like, I, I I get that you sold that narrative, but what exactly from what practice did you make you think that this team was good? Because, I mean, I understand who was returning, but I also understand now there was fundamental problems with Jared Patterson being hurt and then having to miss Ohio State game and then coming back for Marshall and not playing in his position. And, you know, Zeke Carell looks like hot shit and, you know. I just I'm I'm wondering which one of the six receivers stood out to you in practice because it could not have been Braden Lindsay. Absolutely no. cannot be a Braden Lindsay. I guess I guess what I would say to that, Jude, is you would think that there would be some development in Joe Alt and Blake Fisher from year one to year yeah. two, right? And yet they've they've seemingly regressed under Harry Heaston. I mean, they brought in the the offensive line guru right Here and so then the, the question becomes are they just so afraid of making a mistake that this is you know this is they're what making we get them or something yeah i i don't know i mean josh Lowe so is, guess- is working on his doctorate and he's still doing the same things that he was doing you know three years, years prior I mean, yeah. the, the, the whole josh lug discussion just seems so played out we say the same thing every single week why does this guy have a job right and it's know. just there there's nothing that he does any week that makes me think up that that our analysis even before the season started was wrong. So and I why, is our, why is our the, roster so fucking depleted of offensive linemen then? I mean, if, not, if, we can't, if we don't have somebody that can supplant him, what the hell have we been doing? And here's the thing. Why? Like, so let's say you put in Rocco Spindler who, who maybe hasn't looked the greatest. I don't know, but let, Rocco Spindler's listed in the twos. What is Rocco Spindler going to do worse than what Josh Lug is putting on the field right now? Because it can't get possibly worse. It can't, right? It cannot possibly be worse on the offensive line than it is right now. I just don't see. I just don't see it. I don't yeah. see any. I, I don't. I don't see anything here from from any of these guys. That's all I'm saying. Like, look, if you absolutely want to keep keep. Uh, Jarrett Patterson at left guard. They put fucking Pat Coogan in at center. I don't care. Like changes have to be made. Now I realize a Monday depth chart release is not indicative of what Saturday could be. Right. That's just so early in the fucking week that that's not a. That, it's not feasible to look at that and say, oh, this is what we're gonna go go with on Saturday. You know, these come out Tuesday evenings. Now they come out Monday fucking morning, basically. So which is a huge time difference. Start figuring this out. Did they make the so shakeup on the lines last year? Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll see. You know, we'll see on Saturday if they, if they eventually do shake things up. What game was it but last they, year where they shook it up though? 
Well, I mean, they they were shaking it up every game. Well, because injuries, yeah. We kept going through left tackle after left tackle after left tackle. (laughs) When did they make the move on Christoffic? Was it after the Cincy game or before the Cincy game? Did they? I think it was after. Okay. But, I mean, do they not like Christoffic at all? I don't. He seemed like he. He seemed fine last year. Against Ohio State, he seemed like he was the, the best offensive lineman we had against Ohio State. I don't know what he graded out for PFF's fake rankings, but he looked he looked more competent out there than anyone else against Ohio State. Patterson comes back, takes that position over. I mean, it's everyone's screaming it, and maybe it's just so fucking obvious, or it just it sticks out like a sore thumb so mad, and maybe we're all just wrong. And that it, that's the first thing we think of is put Patterson back at center, put Christophe at left guard, but you still got to deal with Lug. And look, yeah. Blake Fisher did not have a fucking good game against Marshall. No, nobody did. Nobody had a good game against Marshall. <laughs> but it's like whatever they're doing, that punch and run, the, the peel, you know, peeling off their block. What the fuck? And that's against a Marshall. I just don't. I don't understand it. And so I, I put a ton of blame on Harry Heastan as that that is your that is your position group but at the same time too that's that's part of that is part of the blame process for Tommy Reese well you are the offensive coordinator your head coach is not an offensive guy you are in charge of the entire fucking offense man you he may say if we go for it on fourth down or not everything else is fucking that is on you and you know it Maybe you can't stand up to Harry. He's standing in a meeting. I don't know. But something has to be fucking done. They just, this cannot go out like this. And I say that and I almost imagine that it will. Yeah. And I guess, I guess the question too relating to that is if you're Harry, he stand, if you need to put your players in position from game one, this isn't the NFL where he was ceremoniously discarded. This isn't the <laughs> NFL where you can drop two games to start the season and bounce back and make a run and go to the playoffs. You can't do that in college football. You need to be ready to go from game one. And by the way, game one was in the shoe. So I don't know what sort of nonsense you were doing in the off season that wasn't getting this line prepared to go. Like, I, I I don't understand what's changed so much in offensive line philosophy that that has it in a full on backslide regression from where we last saw them. Because where we last saw them, yeah, the run the run blocking wasn't great, but at least they at least they had some pass pro um, by the end of the season last year, right? I mean, it wasn't a great line last year, but at least they had the pass pro mildly figured out. I mean, especially in the Fiesta Bowl. Especially you know, that, in the first half, yeah. The, the great, you know, the great hope was you saw Blake Fisher out there and like, oh my God, he's a man. He is just stonewalling these guys. And so moving forward, you're like, all right, bet. But and that, oh. I, that's where we put all of our hopes in is that like, at least we knew two of the tackles and the left guard were plus plus players. And that hasn't panned out. And it's panned out to the tune of an 0-2 start. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. I don't know. I mean, 
you know, it's it's <laughs> all this talk, and this is like letting the the wide receivers off the hook. All this talk, and they are fucking just as much to blame. They, they can't get open. It's they cannot. That was the that was and the big when thing. They can't get open, Jude? Buckner couldn't hit him, and it was just so frustrating. I mean, if he like, connects on one of those balls ball over the middle, like I don't even understand. Why is everything four yards out of bounds? Because the middle is where Michael Mayer is running free and open, and he doesn't look there. Gotcha. Well, I hope Drew Pine does. Like, I know everybody was biting Buckner's head off about missing Lindsey on that post route, and it was bad. But, I mean, like, on that type of throw, sometimes it just gets away from you, and I'm okay with that. But there was a fucking – there's a fourth down – throw to Lindsay just completely out of fucking bounds. I mean, Lindsay got shoved there by the corner. Who's, but that's where he was playing. playing Like, was that, I don't know if that was Gilmore or the other guy, but he just edged him out. I mean, and honestly, I mean, he's pushed out so we can come back in. All he had to do is like, take a couple more stuff. That ball needed to be placed in the back of the fucking end zone. Not on the fucking sideline. Lindsay could have got past. I don't, I don't. It's just they're not helping matters. Everyone's terrible. Life sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus yeah, I, I just I my my concerns are obviously you know we we spend a lot of time on the offense, but. Let, let's be fair about this as well. I mean, the defense did give up 19 points. And if this was a lights out defense, Notre Dame probably could have won this game 14 to six. Right. And they just, and for all of the strain that they were placed under, I was reminded today that uh, Mississippi state uh, in 2008, won a game three to two. I mean, good defenses do keep teams out of the end zone. That's something that good defenses do um, well. I see it happen you, all the time. It's possible. Especially when the not, game is on the line. You, you gave up know. an 11-yard, 94-play drive. It was yeah. third and eight. You said that backwards. And, and, you made 11 yeah, play, 94 11 yards. Play, yeah. yeah, whatever. I'm fucking – I know what you said. And, and the goddamn drive only took you know a little over five fucking minutes. But 11 play, 94 yard drive for a touchdown in the fucking fourth quarter. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. So bad. And that's and that's the kind of like Foskey got his sack, right? But boy, he did not. I I mean, there was the sack, but boy, he was not a disruptor. Nobody was. And I get that there there was um, a lot of quick throws, but. I mean, you can you can do more than just sack the quarterback, right? Uh, you can create havoc. You sure can. I mean, I think it's a dirty word for Notre Dame dirt fans, the way they it, act. Jeez. It, it sure is. Like, I, I just it, it just doesn't seem like there's any havoc being created um, by anyone not named Tariq Bracey. <laughs> because Tariq Bracey seems to be the man who brings the havoc. Well, whenever I guess, I, I guess I would say is Howard Cross is, I feel like is playing hard. Yeah, no, I no. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I like Howard Cross, but yeah, 
uh, just like, I mean, I was ready after week one to put um, Adam Malola on a milk carton because I couldn't find him, you know, and it didn't get much better this week. Yeah. And Riley Mills, you know, still hasn't really shown up big on the, the stat sheet yet either. And Foskey has been the biggest underwhelming since Julian Acora wrote that he was going to break Justin Tuck's sack record on his mirror and looked at it. Oh, my goodness. God, and you, as soon as you – you know what? This is a thing. It is the curse of Justin Tuck's sack record. If you mention it, your season's doomed. <laughs> Like everyone who's mentioned, yeah, closing Julian Aquara, the same thing happened to him. I I want to go back to that eleven that eleven uh, play ninety four yard drive for just a minute, fellas. Yeah. So I I got I got the I got it listed up here. There was only two third downs that entire fucking drive. The one where they're down on the seven yard line, and then the one where they scored the touchdown. It started off with a two yard run, a uh, a loss of one. And then a third, third and nine with an 11 yard completion on the softest fucking coverage. And then it's just eight yard run, five yard run, 16 yard pass, five yard run, 42 yard run. Yeah, that's 42. Another, yards on it, another one yard run, two yard run. And then the pass to fucking Miller in the end zone. I mean, it was like, that is like just bully shit, bullying your way down the field. I mean, they don't get there if it's not for the 42 yard, right? I don't. I mean, that was only that was second and five. Still, I. But I mean, like, I don't. I, there's no not. reason to think maybe they, they would. burn there's out no, the rest of the fourth quarter. Yeah, there's no that, reason to right? think that they wouldn't. They were they were they were getting off four yards, five yards, Navy situation. yards. Yeah, I mean, that's what it looked like. They could not stop Laybourne. They could not stop this dominant Marshall offensive line. I don't, I, I don't get it. I thought we recruited f- so that we never had problems with this kind of stuff. I, I just, so many people looked like they, I, I, Marshall had a great game plan and they executed it really, really well. The rain looked My, like they were coming off a hangover or something. I mean, t- technically an Ohio state hangover, but like I got asked about that and people, I you know, my dad was like, was this a hangover from Ohio state? And I was like, no, I mean, it was just a shitty team that played like shit. My, like that's- my favorite, my favorite picture from the entire game. I got it up on the site. It's from the, it's on the data review post. It's of Huff Marshall's head coach about to give somebody a big old high five as he's walking down the sideline as the game's over. And in the back is the jumbotron saying, thank you for coming. Mm. I mean, here's your $1.5 million. I honestly got want to fucking frame that because I don't ever want to forget how I felt after this game because all it says to me is that I am wrong so much. (laughs) I am wrong all the time. And I think if I just look at that sign, it'll keep me humble for the times I am right. Cause like, man, I've been on a fucking roll. I look up. I'm like, no, no. Call 52, nothing that game. <laughs> I mean, it's I stay humble, y'all. You, everyone is so goddamn wrong, and I'm not the only one. Everybody out there that everyone was wrong that, that does this is just fucking wrong all the goddamn time. It's just how it's, you. Spit. It's just funny too because I was like the total Debbie Downer of this podcast as usual, 
and saying like, I don't know, Marcus Freeman's unproven, you know, Tyler Buckner, like I've got some, you know, and then I just completely just started drinking the juice. It was like, and then after Ohio State, I was like, yeah, they didn't play that well, but you know, right. it was like, like the Ohio State game didn't do anything, but actually lift me thinking, all right, the offense just has to fix a few things. They played well. This is, this is a good, you know, Ohio State team. I guess that's kind of why I have that hope of a trap, right? Because we still saw what we saw against Ohio State and Columbus. Or did we just see an Ohio State team that came out flat? Exactly. Maybe yeah, they, that's exactly. exactly what exactly. we think now we saw. Maybe. We don't know. Maybe. We don't know. And, we don't know. Who, fucking, like shit who would have known? Who would have known that the Cal game was going to be the game that would actually show us exactly who this team is? Because that's what this game's coming down to. It's become an inflection point of the season, yeah. It is. It is exactly. Because it is. You, I mean, you lose to Cal, like you're you're now looking at dead set on four and eight territory. And, and it's back. not just lose. Like they could win, they could win by like eight. How did you play in that game? Right. Because that'll tell you so much about the. This rest. could be a twelve. This could be a twelve-seven deal. Uh, that be. would be phenomenal. Well, what I would say is all that matters in the Cal game is that they get the dub, because they're going to be holding the reins tight. They're going to be trying to figure out what they have in um, Drew Pine. There's, there's just all that matters in the Cal game. I don't care how they win. If, if they win this game, then I'm ready to say that they could, they could start piecing things together. Because theoretically, you know, the offensive line could start to gel or whatever. But if they lose the game, I mean, it's, it's. Yeah, but you, I mean, but we have think we about have, we think have about no, where we were and saying. You know, UNC is not going to be a problem. USC is not. Gonna, I mean, like all of a sudden, so many games on the schedule look like problems now. Oh, they're all a problem. Navy's yeah. a goddamn problem. Navy's a problem, I think too. Uh, UNLV Navy only and lost. Navy is to, terrible. I mean, if you lose to Cal, if you lose to Cal, remember that UNLV had the ball with a chance to 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 pull ahead against Cal late in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's it was a twenty to fourteen game. I mean, this. I, what if we only win two games this season? Do we just go ahead and fire Marcus Freeman? Uh, I say yes. I say fuck. Yeah. It. I don't think they're going to lose win two games. I mean, because that you is can't a, two two games. I don't either. A new level I mean, of ineptitude. I mean, like no one, no, no. Coach with this roster. A, I, no coach who's caught a twelve game season has ever touched two games like that. Like I realize, mm-hmm. I realize that Notre Dame is not with the elites and talent, but there's still a fuck ton of talent on this team. Right. And you and would the, piss so much of it away. If you piss it away like that, then it, that tells me everything I need to know. You have and, Michael Mayer. I do not care. Who should at least account for three wins on his own. <laughs> Just, well, I mean, my, May, Mayer had a fucking hundred yard game Saturday. Sure did. Um, he sure stuffing did. Stuffing the, stuffing the stat sheet when the game was already over. It, uh, touchdown. It certainly was, yeah. Deserving. I de- Mayor deserved that goddamn five touchdown. Yard touchdown. Yeah, he deserved uh, the touchdown. What is it? Nine nine yards in garbage time, so it wasn't too bad. Ugh. Nope, nope. There's a twenty three yarder he got to, so no. Uh he, he he got about a third of his yards in garbage time. So they decided I mean, to start u- using the, him. The biggest uh, bright point of the offense besides Mayor getting a, over 100 yards was they actually fucking targeted Styles 11 times. He caught seven balls. 
I mean, they didn't do a whole lot with it, but at least the ball was going his way. Right. Unlike like the entire final 58 minutes of <laughs> the goddamn Ohio State game. Yeah, you know, half of Mayer's targets came when Notre Dame was losing by two scores. By the way. 40 of his yards. I am staring at this stat, and it is just fucking... This is the one that makes me the maddest. It's Laybourne, 31 fucking carries. 31 for 163 yards. They rode that dude to victory. And Notre Dame let it happen. Ugh. It shouldn't it shouldn't even have been shouldn't even have been close the battle up front. No. Now, if you could do some things defensively, Marshall defensively, some stuff and fuck up Notre Dame's offensive line, I get that. But on the other side of the ball, how you with this defensive line talent, with our with our veteran linebackers, there's a veteran defense. To allow 31 carries and 163 yards, are you kidding me? It's unacceptable. I mean, Marshall only had 364 fucking yards of offense anyways. Yeah. It's just... (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. But there's 10 games left, guys. I <clears throat> I'm not, I can't quit. I touched grass outside. Yeah, absolutely touched grass. I'm not I'm not going to cozy up to Notre Dame haters and fucking and pretend that uh that I'm being non-biased. Fuck that shit. I'm not a bitch. So <sighs> fuck you. Um all right. <laughs> <laughs> which brings Let's us to on. a m- absolutely miserable game in which the over under is 41 and a half points take the under take so the under with cow yeah. so let's get to cow brendan why don't you break well before we get to, before we get there gentlemen i know that your gear is on the way homefield apparel homefieldapparel.com dropping the mac love uh Eastern, Central, Western for some ungodly reason, uh, and Ohio. And uh, the, uh, the One Foot Down, which is very Mac-friendly, obviously. Brendan and I, uh, Mac Green, Lauren, uh, Lino. Uh, this, the, we, are, we are Mac-centric over here. This is just some gorgeous apparel. It was a really well-done refresh, I thought. Uh, and, uh, if you get on over, if you're a Macker and those are one of your schools, I, I, number one, I, I'm sorry you went to Western, uh, but, uh, use the code one foot and you say 15% on that first order. I can't wait to get my shit. There is a California bull shirt in the mail on its way. How to excited my home. are you? I am so goddamn excited about that. Like that. I, I never mentioned that as an option. I just kind of like hoped that was going to be one. And oh, I knew, sure I enough, knew the bull one would be oh, the, the one. Oh, it was absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and a white shirt too, a little, little off there. Uh, but uh, yeah. 
Homefieldapparel, homefieldapparel.com. I also went Bro. with an Eastern shirt to uh, I know. Show, show some do solidarity. You, do you feel betrayed, Brendan? No, 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 no. I mean, it has the – First of you all, got the, the Eastern – the Eastern refresh is better than the central refresh. I'm going to say central it refresh. right now. No, you know, I, I, I'm just so happy. You didn't decide to go Western just to like be the different mix. You're smart enough not no. to say, yeah, fuck Western. My Good wife has you, an Ohio dude. Bobcats hoodie that she loves that has Rufus on it. And I thought the Rufus stuff was pretty decent, but yeah. Hockey Rufus is fun. Yeah. Lauren's getting the, the, uh, OU hockey shirt. Uh, since but, you know, <laughs> I'm going to get <laughs> no Kent state. If I'm going to go green. I'm already going green. I might as well get an Eastern thing, you know, support the team. That's we didn't give up That's Eastern didn't give up 28 points in the fourth quarter to lose their game on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we, dude, I thought this is the silver lining. Notre Dame loses, but I'm about to watch Eastern go down there. I think they were 11 point underdog to Louisiana, Thought they're going down there and, and taking this one out. Nope. 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 Fun belt. It's going to fun belt. Yeah, Sun belt is tough, dude. That's the best conference in college football right now. <laughs> Most top 10 wins, that's for sure. They are fucking good. I mean, I will say this. If Notre I'm Dame, actually, Pat, Go ahead. If Notre Dame has a season like 2007, then let it be a college football season like 2007. Oh, Give yeah. me that. Let me get it. Can, can I tell you what the season's actually, hopefully, best case scenario is going to be like? It's going to be like, you're going to hate this. Michigan, 2007. We're going 2007, but this is going to be Michigan, 2007, if things go according to plan. Remember, they dropped the opener against Appy State. They lost to Oregon, yeah. started 0 2, and then that they. they Won them all. It'll, it'll, beat Al- they beat Alabama in the uh, what was it, the Citrus Bowl? Yeah, they beat Florida in the Citrus Bowl. Or yeah, Florida yes. the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, yeah, not Alabama. Yeah, Florida. I mean, I still see a sun a Sun Bowl bid for us, and I'm okay with that. I'm. Just, I mean, I'm sorry, my expectations are fucking through the basement right now. And maybe, it's, maybe it's time to check pretty out. Good. Well, maybe it's time to check out how well Notre Dame can draw to Ford Field, just in case they, I don't know, need that information in a couple of years. Josh, yeah, I want you to, I want to. you to take that back. I want you to take it back. <laughs> I mean, Marcus Freeman and his sombrero. I mean, just bring it back. Oh it's my god! Here's what I will say. I think that you need to shut your mouth, and I think <laughs> you need to let. I think you need to let. I think we all need to just shut our mouths with projecting what bowl game Notre Dame's going to go to. Because first off. Uh, we're we in season. One. No, no, no. <laughs> Hold up. Hold up. College football has conditioned us and you hate this and you will become that which you hate. This sport has conditioned us to care only about the postseason and the playoff and the bowl game nonsense, because this is what has been hammered into our heads for the past almost 10 years. Yes. Yeah. Are you repeating but, somebody? But my my thoughts are only to a degree. Wait, Brendan, are you repeating somebody who actually gets paid by one of these companies that pays for all the nonstop payoff coverage? Uh, but I will say <laughs> we need to see what this Notre Dame fo- 
football team looks like against Cal before we can make any sort of definitive statement before. I mean, you're right. They just lost to Marshall and what you think could have been a letdown or a um, a trap trap game. game. So I think we need to see what we have in um, Drew Pine, because I don't think we've even mentioned that Tyler Buckner has lost (laughs) the season at this point. We're just glossing glossing over that. I I think we need to see what this team looks like at Cal or against Cal before we can make any sort of definitive statements about what sort of bull predictions and get all right you in, in, in our own uh, cups. Well then fucking tell me, Brendan, tell me about Cal. Well, Justin Wilcox is still there, um, which is very surprising. (laughs) See, I was going to say surprise, 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 surprise. Justin Wilcox stays there. I mean, I, 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 I don't get it. Um, it's the same cow, like it's the same cow as it was last year. So if cow fans were excited about a new cow, new year, new cow, um, it's the same cow. Um, their offense is as shitty as Notre Dame's, uh, and their defense doesn't look to be quite as good as Notre Dame's on a plus plus. I mean, they haven't played anyone. So, at least Notre Dame's got the ability to say, look, we've played um, Ohio State and I guess the greatest Marshall team to have ever existed. Um, sorry, Randy Moss and Byron Lefwich. But um, they played UC Davis and UNLV. And they beat UC Davis 34-13 and they struggle bust against UNLV. 20 to 14. 20 to 14. Yeah. Oof. Those offensive outputs, I mean, if you've got an FCS opponent on your schedule and you're putting up a 34 spot, you got some problems on offense, right? And even the 13 isn't great for a defense that's, you know, it's supposed to be the hallmark of the the Wilcox uh, tenure. Um, The 13 and the 14 from, from offenses like UC Davis and UNLV aren't great. So, um, I'm there's nothing really to to be super impressed about with them. They have the 89th ranked scoring offense, the 98th ranked rushing offense and the 47th ranked passing. Um, I think I mentioned it in the pregame or the preseason pod, uh, but it's Jack Plummer. He's the the guy who started for Purdue against Notre Dame last year. He's their quarterback now. Um, they had to replace all of their skill position players. Um, there's you know, they have a true freshman running back in uh, Jay Knott, who, I mean, what, he went seven for 52. And from what I watched, I mean, in the UNLV game, it was a lot of punting and not much actual, like, exciting football uh, to be gleaned from it. It's like, at least with Marshall, you exactly were able to. That looks like. <laughs> we know exactly. Like, if, you, if, if, Cal, if Cal's doing the same pod, they're like, what do we know about Notre Dame? Well, they don't convert a lot of third downs and they punt. Johnson's a, a beast. Uh, their punter has punted nine times. Uh, he punted five times against UC Davis. I mean, <laughs> you're punting five times against an FCS opponent. What kind of offense are you, are you running out there? Um, and they're giving up a lot of yard points, right? Cause they've only given up what 13.5 a game with the 14 out of 13, but they're 62nd and 73rd in the Russian pass um, splits. I mean, teams are able to kind of move the ball against them, which is great. 
the one thing that they do well is they do get after the quarterback, which um, that could be a problem for us, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But don't uh, worry. Uh, Logan Diggs is back there for blitz pickup. Yeah, with his bum shoulder. Uh, just don't do it on third and nine, uh, boys. Um, yeah, so, uh, I, you know, the the guy they have, um, uh, who's the, I can't say his, his name. It's uh, He took a, a year off last year, but uh, Henry um, Akafahifoho. Uh, butchered it, but he's got to look out for, um, Xavier Carlton. Um, they got, they have okay players along their defensive line. They play sound defensively, but I don't think we're going to get wowed by anything that Cal does. It's a team that Notre Dame should beat. And if you had just found a way to beat Marshall, I would have felt a lot better. But I guess the problem I have going into this game is that, how does Notre Dame get to 21 points? Special uh, teams or defensive intervention. Right. Really? Well, I mean, they've been so stout. that was, uh, I mean, that was kind of a flipping answer. I, I think the answer is that they, they break tendencies that they start doing a lot more, um, a lot less of these, like uh, <laughs> running into the back of the offensive line and just make the extension of the running game, these sort of quick passes or, uh, you know, I don't know if I can run the run pass option or play action, but like, let me ask you though, wasn't, wasn't that our, our remedy for last year? Is that what we came up with last year? And did we see them do like, that's just not like, I, I think we got used to it, but it's just not in Tommy's DNA. Those quick hits. Right, but like and okay, I don't get so it. That, that's fine, except desperate times call for desperate measures, and Tommy Reese is the last person on earth who wants to be 0 and 3 here. Right? Well, second to last because Mark is the dead last. Okay, so I get what I get what you're saying. You're like like uh throw it all, you know, throw all the chips on the fucking table. Let's uh let's roll with it. Like, don't don't you think they have to it still comes down to the offensive line. None of it matters if they can't have a functional but, offensive line. But if they don't need the offensive line to block for more than, you know, three two minutes. Mississippi, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a two-second, like, release time, 1.5 seconds. Do it. I mean, have we misread – I mean, have misdiagnosed Chris Tyree for the last several years? Uh, no, he's no Heisman candidate. He's no Heisman candidate, but he still is an explosive ball player that has made plays for Notre Dame. Right. And I, I like what Tim O'Malley said, which is like, if you give t- Chris Tyree 15 carries, there might be 14 for 14 yards, but the, th- the 15th one is going for 47. Right. Yeah. I, it just, Uh, have you got? I, I don't have the season stats looked up because it's just so goddamn depressing. I mean, I, I got them if you want them. Give me Logan Diggs. Care, what's his rushing stats for the season? Uh, you're not going to love two this. Games. Um, no. So, by the way, oh, I'm sure I'm going. Uh, it is 11 carries, 16 yards. Yeah. What are we doing here? I don't know. He. It is a very. You know, his stat line reminds what, me of. Oh, what are you waiting to see from Logan Diggs? 
You know what his stat line reminds me of? He's Sebo Plum, so you can't block. Ooh. Sebo, wow. who can't you can't get past third string a bit. Hey man, Audrey Gasson made 19 carries, 54 yards, 2.84 yards per carry. And I, I, it, it hurts my heart because and that's more forgiving after the Virginia me. game last year. I don't think there was anybody higher on Logan this than probably uh, us guys in the podcast. Like we just, we love what he was showing, but like that was a different offensive line. And Audrey Can- Estime could really appreciate a, a different offensive line because he's getting run down on the, on the, from the weak, the weak side, they're running plays away from a guy, letting him go free. Yeah, he's and they're playing the backfield and the play and they're putting him so slowly that he's getting, he's getting tackled by the guys coming around the, the far edge. And he's getting, he's getting the runs. He's getting the rough ones where they're obvious running downs too. Yeah. It's not the second and longs that Tommy Reese called. Well, the guys up. are trying to hit the second level before they finished on the first. And they're able to get those three yards, right? That's when Logan Diggs gets his big runs when it's second and long and he gets that three yard run. He's like, Oh boy, that's great. Love that. Giving them three. Nom nom. Uh, Tyree nine for 45. He only got three carries. Against uh, Marshall. And this is what Tommy Reese, when he spoke to the media today, said. He goes, um, uh, they want to expand more what they're asking him to do. Uh, we have three backs that we think that can help us all win. It's hard to play three backs. It's just the truth of the matter. No. It's hard to play three guys. And don't play position. three. And don't play three. And don't play three. And he's one of the Jesus three. two best. Yeah. And then he he goes on to say, I have nothing but trust in Chris Tyree. I love that kid. We have to find a way to highlight his ability. That's my job. Well, you've not highlighted. Then highlight his ability. Then fucking hand the ball off to him. That is not a hard play call. No. He's not Uh, Lorenzo Styles. You don't have to figure out creative ways to get the ball in Lorenzo Styles. He's a fucking running back. Hand the fucking ball off to him. He's got more catches and yards uh, than uh, Jaden. Why is this got to be so goddamn hard? So goddamn always. You know he's got one more catch than Braden Lindsay on the season. With three. Same number as Kevin Bauman, who is uh, uh, Kevin Bauman's kind of been kind of fun, right? I like Kevin Bauman. Yeah, they find fun ways to use him. I mean, I would like to see us be functional so we can see some more of this shit. But it's just like, I mean, I don't know. How many plays did we even get off against Marshall? I mean, at least it was more than fucking 28. 48. Ohio State. 48. Yeah. No, that's 48, still like, what we did, 48 is what we did against Ohio State. What did we get against Marshall here? 75. Uh, 75 miserable plays. Yeah. And out of those That's 75 not, plays, you were able to get less than 100 more yards. Um, you actually had less yards per play against Marshall than you did Ohio State. I mean, Marshall's got better corners, man. Ain't that the truth? So. Um, yeah, so so I guess I just I don't understand that. I I, I want to stop. I Jude, I want you to explain it to me. You're the logical fucking one here. I just understand how. Any coach can go into a press conference and t- about a running back and talk about we need to find more weight. How is that not the easiest fucking way? How is that not the easiest player on the field to get the ball to? What you hand it to him? 
I'm still I'm still I, lost on the guy. Right? Why is it so fucking hard? NFL player, and yet doesn't it doesn't seem to be able to break any tendencies, and doesn't seem to be able to, to think outside the box in terms of the personnel that he has. Spend less time looking at NFL plays. Spend more time figuring out your offense. Like I, I, like, I just, up, this, like, this, this offensive system. line didn't show itself in practice all summer. Oh, dude, that's that that's my thing. It's like this is well, not I mean, back to how back trash seasons. The, how trash has the defensive line been? That's true. So it was we, iron sharpening iron, but it was really just soap sharpening soap. <laughs> that's a good line. This is back to this is back to back seasons of the off of of Tommy Reese coming into the season, having an offensive identity that he wanted to implement, going through fall camp with this offensive identity in mind, and watching it spectacularly blow up in the face two games into the season. Because Jack Cohn got annihilated, annihilated against yeah. Florida State and then against Toledo, nothing worked. Purdue was a struggle bus. Like it took after Cincinnati, it took the bye week before they were able to recalibrate and put together a comparable, like uh, uh, a decent offense. It took the bye week before they were able to figure it out. And is this going to be back-to-back seasons that they're going to take the bye week before they're able to figure out what the fuck they're doing in offense? Like, it's not the play calling that bothers me. It is the fucking lack of, I I don't even want to say offensive identity because that's too easy. It is like, is the lack of having an offense. Like, what is your offense? What do you do well? What are your go-tos? What, I mean, I don't, they're, they don't have any of that. There's this nothing is, to lean on. It's the same prop. All of the problems that existed last year are now magnified because you don't have Kevin Austin and you don't have Kyron Williams. Oh, don't say Kevin Austin. You get Mike Gold Jr. fucking running after you. Well, he can he can eat grass. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. Is he eating it or touching it? Well, I assume he's already touched it. Then uh, the next step, obviously, is to go full less miles and just start numbing down. Get yourself a bowl. Because because every Smoke problem every problem that existed last year offensively is this is present this year only magnified because the two best players at their given positions because Kevin Austin would be the best wide receiver on this roster are now gone. So you don't even have a Kevin Austin Purdue no shown aside. He still would be the best wide receiver on this roster. He was the best wide receiver last year. And then Without you don't question. have Kyron Williams, who was the best running back. And at least Tommy Reese didn't have the problem deciding between three running backs because he just had Kyron Williams uh, to decide with. So Nothing was figured out between last year. They've 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 fixed nothing from last year, and all of the problems have carried over. And the offensive line is the same hot mess that it was. I, I just, I, I I don't I don't understand how you can you can say that with a with a straight face. Like nothing has gotten better, and and it was supposed to. It's just sad. But all of that means nothing, right? Assuming that because conceivably the offensive line at some point theoretically 
could start to click because there is talent there. Um, that's that's really the like Josh. This is the point you keep hammering. That's really the crux of it. Where like it doesn't matter who you play at running back if your offensive line is at least average, because I think the defense is good enough to win eight, nine, whatever many games. If at least the offensive line is average enough, because then you can win games scoring 25, you could win games scoring 24, 28 points, right? You could, if, if Notre Dame could just average 24 points a game this season, they would be, you know, two and zero probably, right? Because they wouldn't have the 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 they wouldn't have the turnovers and stuff because be they're, the they're playing fake from, ass two and zero team ever. But yes, well, I mean, they would have beaten Ohio State if they could have scored twenty four, right? That's that's legit enough. So so if the if the offensive line was at least marginally capable. This team could turn around in a hurry, but and that's why there's no quick fixes because either the offensive line gets it and the talent's there, or they don't and it continues to be a dumpster fire. Yeah. So I mean, this, like we said earlier, right, Jude? This this game, the Cal game, has just become the biggest game of the season. Yeah. Who, who would have thought at the beginning of the season that we would have thought, what does this game mean for the Cal game? And even, well, I mean, even, even if we're like 10 weeks after 10 weeks pass, we could still probably say the Cal game was the biggest game of the season because of what, what it represented win or lose. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And that's precisely this why Marcus Freeman chose this game to be the, the green game, the green Jersey game. It's pretty, he knew. I couldn't, I couldn't believe the, I had perused a couple of message boards and people were flipping out about them wearing green like it wasn't announced back in June. Yeah. Like I, I, well, there's always, a there's always a percentage of people that just don't pay any attention. I mean, these are message board posters, dude. They know the information. Mm, this is true. like off season Supreme stuff. You should know. They're like, there's, but message board green? posters are still, are going to be the people saying, why can't I see the UNLV game? Right. <laughs> they will be the ones that are saying that they're tuning in at two thirty. They're like, what, what's going on here? Why can't and I see put this? down? We'll get all the traffic. Cause we got, we'll have a beautiful post up telling you where to go. Where to watch this football game. Um, I I'm on record as saying that, um, Marcus Freeman should wear green. If they win this game against Cal, looks semi decent doing it. Marcus Freeman needs to have an edict saying, fuck, we're, we're wearing green till we lose. Hey, speaking of wearing green, did you see the green gear that they came out with at Under Armour for this fucking game? It's lame as shit. They used that stupid ass lo- slogan. Slogan, and someone tweeted out today. I, I'm sorry if you're out there. I, I did not. I can't remember who it was, but they're like, just fucking give us the green hoodie that Freeman had. Like, well, I don't want Notre Dame football. That's the one I want. Yeah. yeah. Or the script Come on. Or the script Irish one too. Yeah, I want the script there, Irish one as well. There were several. Just release those, not this fucking. Was it was it our boy Frankie at uh, Unit UHND that said that? I think maybe it was Frank. Maybe yeah. it was. It what? You know what? I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was. It's like Notre Dame 
is just so goddamn set on being lame. They are so fucking hell bent on being nerds. Is that their fault or is so that fucking, Under Armour? They are fault? so goddamn corny, dude. It is un fucking believable. But doesn't it Under Armour no supply sense. them with it? So isn't that sort of under? I mean, they chose. This under is Armour. not. Listen, Notre Dame lets Under Armour take a lot of heat for the decisions that they make, like the pants situation. Which look, I think most of us on this podcast will agree the pants are beautiful. They're gorgeous. But people want to blame Under Armour for that shit. That is a Notre Dame <laughs> choice. Notre Dame chose that Pantone color for the pants. Just like they're the ones that fucking are pushing this slogan. Like all of a sudden that's a thing. Now, guess what? We got a brand new fucking tradition, boys. Some corny ass slogan that's not on the shirt. They couldn't fit it on the shirt. So now, now they're going to put it all blast it all over social media and put it on the green jersey shit. It is fucking corny and lame and terrible. And I am not here for it. Fuck all that noise. Quit being, quit being lame. Ugh. And all you quit buying this shit. Jesus Christ. You want a green shirt? I got a fucking Eastern shirt. That looks great. <laughs> Homefieldapparel.com. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's get to the game picks. Cause I, I think at this point, guys, we could probably go on for another three hours. Just dragging this team through the fucking coals and everybody and i could do it point. i could yeah. do it but yeah, this, is, this is tuesday night we're going into wednesday morning we've all listened to the same podcast yeah i didn't i did i re- i refused <coughs> I, I i knew everybody i knew the backspin from everybody hey it, look i it could be it could be absolutely like if I'm always the Debbie Downer here, but we didn't just fire our coach when we could have waited two weeks and saved ourselves 15 million. We just wanted him out that badly, right? Ooh, so man, it could that, be going a lot, a lot worse. Like that's Nebraska, what, I mean, that's what you get with that you, Big Ten money. The only yeah. thing you got going on right now, Nebraska, is that fucking sellout streak. And as soon as that one goes away, you got nothing. You got, some, got nothing. You got nothing. You got a big dumb inflatable mascot and some balloons. I mean, you got I, a huge amount of Big Ten money. Like, I I won't lie. There's a lot of Big Ten money. And you got there's a lot more so coming. You some, but you know what? Money. Notre Dame could have that Big Ten money if they wanted it. They don't want it. They don't want it. I'm I am Which leaning so hard the other game. way. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I am starting to lean so hard the other way. It's not even not even funny. Anti Big Ten or pro Big Ten? Pro. All right. I am so fucking tired of playing an ACC schedule. I am. I truly am. I am through. But it is so interesting. It is so uninteresting. Can't say that it is. It is uninteresting as fuck. It is terrible. I'll say this: if you if you dip that toe into the Big Ten. Alabama I know. for years accused you of ducking them because they would drop the Alabama home and home like a bad at because you're not right. Big Ten schedule playing Alabama. You know what? I USC. think I think because Bama is Bama. Nobody would care if you ducked them because it's Bama. They wouldn't care. I mean, I no would care. I doubt I doubt those Bama fans would even know the game because they got that that. Uh, Targaryen family tree that looks like a bamboo shoot where it's just straight oh up. They, they don't know that this game is scheduled. They don't know what's on the schedule. That episode was fucking so good. 
This, uh, by the way, we we discussed this before before the season, but uh, House of Dragon has been phenomenal the last. Two Fantastic. Yeah. Like they're making up. They're making up. They sure the are. Matt Smith is crushing it as Damon. He I didn't see. even have a line it two episodes ago, and he just. I mean, <laughs> he's been he's been phenomenal. I saw a TikTok uh, earlier today where this this girl was like. It said uh, watching Lannister incest, and she had like a disgusted face uh, look on her face. <laughs> I was like, watch watching Targaryen. It says she's like she's into it. She's got the glass of wine out. She's ready to go. Yeah, they, it, it's been a, it's been a tour de force uh, so far. I've I've really enjoyed it. Uh, speaking of tour de forces, um, BYU's heading to Oregon, boys. This BYU schedule. We've been. Oh, you every need a recap. Week. Oh no, we need, oh, we need oh. a recap real quick. Okay. All right, uh, we need, all right. uh, rankings update. Quick recap of what happened last week. Uh, well, this is great for me and Jude because Josh went on a slide. You went two and three, boy. You went two and three, Josh. I, it was rough. Baylor let me down. Baylor, let and I you thought down. I had it in the bag with BYU's wide receivers being out. I knew that BYU's wide uh, doesn't need wide receivers. Uh, obviously the Notre Dame game. Whatever, whatever. And then Florida, Florida. I, I, I can't believe I had any faith in fucking Florida, but you, Brendan, try to argue with me about Pitt and Tennessee. Mm. You know, I was right though, because that game went to OT and it took uh, Keaton Slovis getting injured in order for Tennessee to win that football game. Don't forget that the only reason Tennessee won that football game in OT is because Pitt was starting. What's the name of the Pitt starting quarterback? He has a stupid name. <laughs> there usually are. Uh, I, you know, I can't remember what the hell that was. Yeah, the Keaton Slovis is back. Nick Patty, <laughs> the kid that, that lost to Michigan State. In the Dude, I work with a guy. That's his name. No, well, no, no. Crab- it's, no, his, no, his first name's Dan. Well, Krabby <laughs> Patty didn't have the secret recipe, and uh, he wasn't able to get it done in OT, which cost me. Yeah, I was going to say, Nick Patty sounds like a name out of SpongeBob. Yeah, didn't have that that special Krabby Patty recipe. Uh, Jude and I, though, we went three and two. We're we're climbing up. Uh, you're still le- uh, uh, an immaculate eleven and four. It is going to be a hefty climb to catch you, Josh. Jude's at seven and eight. I'm at eight and seven. So, uh, just like Notre Dame season, I think this could be a turning point because I think there could be some uh, there could be a little there could be some interesting. Uh, uh, mix-ups here. As you know, um, if we uh, we all agree on a pick, we're going in on it, and then all the ones we agree on are getting parlayed. Uh, we lost the parlay. Uh, we lost the Notre Dame one, but we did, <laughs> we did pick up the, the, the USC one, which was the surest bet uh, I've ever seen we in my entire we life. We should have put 50 down to cover our asses on, the, on Marshall on the money line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, if we did that, I would have been very upset. Yeah, I would have been very upset. Like, why am I throwing? I took the I took over thirty eight and a half at halftime, and I tell you what, that pick six didn't happen. I don't. I wouldn't have gotten that. So, (sighs) so I thought there's no way the second half can be as bad as it was in the first half. Well, no, that's definitely true. Fortunately for everybody in West Virginia, that happened. (laughs) Well, so. BYU's going to to Eugene. Joshua. 
Where are you at on this? Are you believing in in this BYU train? Oregon Man, is a th- three and a half point favorite, by the way, against the uh, undefeated the Mormons. Cougars. I feel like a BYU hater at this point, and maybe I am, and I know for a fact that I am in BYU circles. And so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ride with it. Fuck it, Oregon to cover. It, I mean, we're probably talking eight points. I am going to try 30, my 32, dar- 24. I am going to try my darnest to thread the needle here. I believe Oregon wins this game, but it's close, and therefore I'm taking BYU in the points. I think BYU just wins outright. Ooh. I think the Notre Dame BYU like- game. I think the Notre Dame BYU game is the game that Oregon or BYU needs to win uh, in order to have a shot at talking playoffs because if they beat Notre Dame, I mean, they can be talking playoffs playoffs. Cause if you beat, it's going to have to be, it's going to have to be Notre Dame's going to have to win out to that game. I mean, just the name, afterwards. the name Notre Dame. That's not going to cut cachet. it anymore. I mean, yeah, you, they will to that point, they will have beaten Baylor, Oregon and Notre Dame. Yeah. But, and I think that if they're, I think that if five to seven, I mean, because Cincinnati ran through their dumb schedule, and just the name Notre Dame propped them up, well, I mean, and they will have well, three Notre names. Dame won ten games. I mean, come on. Right, 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 right. Um, Eleven games, but um, I think I think. I mean, I will I, say I, I, BYU has a legit sh- shot at the playoff. Yeah, if they win out, absolutely. That's just I think it's just not. And look, voters like BYU. They do so. I think they get a little more respect than Cincinnati last year, which seems insane, but I think they do. Cause they'll also, they, they finish the after Notre Dame, they play Arkansas. They play Liberty. I mean, they, that Stanford, I mean, if how they, many, how many Matt Brown teams can be good at one time though? That's what I just want to know. <laughs> Four to eight. Four to eight. <laughs> no, Jeez. Matt Brown's going to shout be- out Matt. Matt Brown's going to be Jeb Bush with the the yellow map of America behind him, arms outstretched as everything is his teams. <laughs> so Oregon, BYU, BYU. Um, all right. So Texas A&M boys, uh, I'm not sure. We mentioned a little bit, but uh, they had a kerfuffle themselves this weekend against the what? Washington State in the Sun Belt. <clears throat> Notre Dame was not the highest ranked team to lose uh, last Saturday. In fact, it was the uh, Texas A&M Aggies. And I would say it was more Bailing problematic us out. for still Texas ranked. A&M. Texas A&M Aggies. Still ranked. Yeah. Uh, well, they got to win. They got to win. They did beat Sam Houston. They did beat Sam Houston. They blanked them. I mean, hey, Notre Dame, Notre Dame still got votes in both polls. I mean, I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe it either. I wouldn't have put them in any poll. Uh, but... Um, <clears throat> Miami's coming to town. Texas A&M is a five and a half point home favorite. I think that this is absolutely ridiculous. I think that Texas A&M should be a 10 point favorite because I think Miami is from the ACC and they are fraudulent. So give me Texas A&M. Yeah, my my um, my my theory is actually kind of similar, which is who is Miami played that has shown us if they're good or not. Right. Bethune Cookman and Southern Miss. Right. Like, I don't know who to, I don't know who Miami is and the 13th ranked team. And I don't really know who they are. And so I don't 
I, I understand that Texas A&M lost last week, and that was mildly embarrassing, but I still think Texas A&M is the better team, and they're playing at home. So We've been told Tyler Van Dyke is good. I've never seen Tyler <laughs> Van Dyke. Like, I've never seen Tyler Van Dyke be good. See, the, the problem is, is that Southern Miss isn't a Sunbelt team yet. <laughs> they're still in Conference USA. Yeah. That's a problem. For it's Miami. A problem. Yeah, I would say. If I, I had Miami beaten a Sun Belt team, then it would be a different story. I mean, honestly, I'm not sure what was the bigger problem for Texas A&M this weekend. The fucking losing to Appalachian State or the fact they were trying to get a hilariously embarrassing video scrubbed from the Internet from the one site that lives for that shit in Barstool. I missed oh, that whole controversy. Yeah, that was very I'm good. probably glad. Did I you did. see? Did you see the? Uh, what's the? It's a very good Twitter follow. The um, uh, message board geniuses. Oh. About the the Texas A and M like jizz jug or whatever, where it's just like, <laughs> oh my, you're willingly putting this out there. Oh. Everything about Texas A and M and Jude, if you if you missed it, they just it was a video from their from the midnight yell. Texas A&M does, you know, on the Friday night before. Oh, sure. And it was bad. And it was bad. Like the, the guys that were on the microphone, they're just, they're thrashing Appalachian state as hillbillies. I can't read and yada, 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 yada. I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it is a pep rally on crystal meth. That's that's all. And that's what it was. And we know this, but here's the video of it. Plus you just fucking lost to him. So it was gorgeous. So that goes out. Barstool had the video, and then fucking A and M went ballistic and started uh, DMCA Ding them, and anybody that fucking used it on anything, like people were just getting like that was you retweeted it. You, well, you and, then, it. and then the strike and then the Streisand effect kicked in as soon as as soon as they started fighting back against it, the Streisand effect kicked in. Oh yeah, and then it made it like three times the story. And it, like I said, it's even funnier that it's Barstool because that's what they gear up to do. They are built to troll the fuck and to be the absolute assholes on everything. And, you know, I may not just I may not agree with most of what they do, but I sure as shit love it when they do this because that yeah. is a powerful money institution trying to bury something other just because it's embarrassing. Yeah. Well, it's it's textbook Streisand effect, right? That's just. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you try and suppress something, uh, just always backfires. Having said that, Miami is not good. I just don't believe that they are. I refuse to believe it. Give me a text to A&M to cover. Oh, boy. We got ourselves an agreement. I mean, we are we're riding with the Aggies. <laughs> Carter Carls is going to be pumped. <laughs> he is going to be pumped. Uh, so, uh, Mel Tucker's doing all kinds of weird things with body clocks on this, uh, trip that Michigan state is making out to Washington. But and what somehow time is the game though, <coughs> I think it's just a like regular it's a three, it's, it's a, a three 30 game, right? No, yeah. it's a seven, it's a seven 30 Eastern kick. So it's oh, 4:30. yeah, seven 30, four 30 their time. Yeah. And he's uh, they're not allowed to sleep on the plane and they're like only a half hour sleep on the plane. And they're doing all kinds of weird body clock stuff. Talking about your body clock. 
Let me hear your body clock. But somehow this Washington team is a three and a half point favorite against the unranked Washington. Three and a half point favorite against the Spartans of Michigan State. Jude, take me through it. Yeah. Um, you know, last week I did wonder aloud what Vegas knew. And it turns out Vegas didn't know shit when it came to USC. Uh, so that was that was some easy money. Uh, I feel like the same thing is happening here. And I'm not really sure why I'm, I'm sitting here trying to overthink uh, Michigan State not winning this game and covering the spread. So... I like them up to probably about seven points. Give me Michigan State. And I get the points, right? You get the points, man. You get three and a half points. This is great. Yeah. This isn't a hard one for me either. Give me give me Sparty. Washington State beat Portland State fifty two to six, whatever FCS, and gave up twenty points to Kent State in a forty five twenty twenty win. You're not you're not super excited about the uh, the renaissance of Michael Penix Jr. I mean, Michael I Penix don't... Jr. did did beat uh, Michigan State in the COVID year. So yeah, he did. He sure everybody did. but everybody but Michigan did though. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, all we have. Uh, yeah, give me Sparty. I mean, you're giving me three and a half points. I think they're the better team, anyways. This is shaping up to be an interesting parlay because we're both taking – we're all three taking Sparty in this one. Um, yeah, I just – I don't have any, any – Maybe you can get like a teaser Washington. where we can give some points back on uh, Michigan State to, to give them to uh, Texas A&M or something. I don't even know. Um, all right. So last one. Uh, did you guys get my – uh, message in the DMs of the uh, the claw fence mesh on that play action touchdown pass that that Wake Forest threw on Saturday. I did. I I mean I got serious flashbacks. How long did that quarterback <laughs> keep the ball, dude? I mean any longer, and then they're going to be collecting Social Security, right? <laughs> I mean it was forever. It, I mean, it damn near gave me a hard on. We talk about we we talk about that so much. We make fun of like, it, and it's it's thing. almost become like a meme or a joke. And then like, like this is the thing. Then, it's they real. Did the it's thing. real. They did the thing. Um, so Wake Forest, fresh off a hot win, uh, previously undefeated Vanderbilt. Oh, well, America's darling, the Liberty. Uh, University's flames. football team, the Flames, the Flames, flames. not Flames, Flames. flames. Uh, Their fight song is point. Fan the Flames. Is it is it uh, like fight the tempo, but it's just fan the Flames. <laughs> fan the flames. Yeah, they're a made up university uh, that just kind of like appeared out of nowhere in the '60s, right? Was it that long ago? Or was it the '70s? Was it the '70s? I know that they just sort of like. They just sort of like Jerry Falwell senior appeared uh, one day. But yeah, so it's a money money laundering scheme. It is. Uh, So let's see if we can launder some money here with Wake Forest (laughs) being a 16 and a half point favorite against Liberty. Uh, I think this is kind of interesting. I think Liberty's 
kind of actually good. I kind of like Wake Forest in this. Liberty made by a lot. lot of money last year. I just don't. I know it was last year, but. I'm going to take Wake Forest. I'm going to take Liberty in the points. Okay. A 16 and a half is a fucking lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of points. But Liberty's not going to be able to handle the claw fence. And not many people Just, can. The problem is, Josh, though, if they – if they, it, I can see them losing by like 15, right? <laughs> well, yeah. That's why a line's set. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I don't I don't like that number. I guess I don't like that number. I mean, I can see Liberty flat out win in this game. I mean, that's that's the beauty of this game in particular. Like, here's this big spread. And yet I'm kind of fucking biting, t- you know, the nails a little bit thinking Liberty could win this outright. But yeah, I'm going to take Wake Forest in the points because I can't ever take Liberty and everything because fuck that university. I agree with the sentiment. Um, but I, I just, I see a scenario where Wake Forest gives up too many points and 16 and a half, whenever it could be a shootout. And what do you do? And I didn't want this shootout? game to be anything near a parlay. And yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair too. Cause I think I might've gone. You're welcome. You know, and, You're welcome. And Brendan, uh, as I go, you go this week. Uh, since I think we've agreed on everything. So I far. think we've had agreed. We're just trying to make up some ground against, uh, against Josh here. Uh, yeah. it's going to be one of those, um, focal, it's going to be one of those like you know, points where we look at it and we go, well, Josh either pulls ahead big or we're climbing back up. Right. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Well, let's see. Uh, let's see what you, Josh, what do you got here? Notre Dame Cal 10 and a half points is what we're getting. 10 and a half. Well, I points. got, I got 11 here on DraftKings right now. Well, let me flip it to 11. Do you want to do 11 and a half, 10 and a half, or do you want to do DraftKings? I normally do DraftKings, but. Yeah, uh, DraftKings. Well, yeah, DraftKings. 11 points. Right, 11. Thank you, DraftKings, for all your sponsorships of SB Nation. <laughs> you, should rethink, uh, you should rethink employing Mike Gold Jr., though, but that's all good. <laughs> um, touch grass. Yeah, touch a lot of grass. Um, I. Uh, yeah, give me Notre Dame. I mean, I, this shouldn't be a hard, hard one to pick because fuck it, we've been doing this for years. It just is what it is. Let's roll with it. I think that maybe there could be best case scenario here is that the change to to Drew Pine, as terrible as it looked last week, uh, coming off the bench. Maybe there's something there. Maybe they're forced to do something different. Uh, Maybe they don't want to be asked about Chris Tyree anymore, uh, so they just feed him the fucking rock. But I still think Cal's very good. And I don't think Cal – I mean, I, I still think Cal has an offense. They can't run the ball like like, Mich- like Marshall just did. No, they can't. And I think I think if we are going to have any, any belief at all in Notre Dame, this is the game. And they should, they should win and beat Cal by more than 11 points. I think the yeah, spread so- opened up in like – Josh, that's what I that's what I'd ask you is like what at what number would you finally say I'm taking Cal on the points? Well, it opened up at thirteen and a half. I would not have taken that. And I don't think I would have took that. Maybe Yeah. I think thirteen and a half I would have took Cal. 
You just would have had to. Yeah. Because I think 13 is that cutoff. I mean, Notre Dame's averaging 15 points a game. You're telling me the spread's (laughs) 13 and a half. I mean, we're going to win the game. (laughs) Asking a lot, right? Well, that's what I'm asking. Where does 21 points come from? Oh. Yeah, so last week I got criticized, and I think rightly so, because I tried to to split the baby and say I was picking Marshall on tally site, but I was going to pick Notre Dame for the sake of the picks here. I should have just stuck to my gut, I guess, and picked Marshall, damn it. Um, having said that, I just, I guess I'm just going to continue to run into this buzzsaw because I really do believe that this could be like a 28-7 game. Uh, that's a good score. Game. Yeah. That seems like and a fair score, yeah. That's Notre Dame's covering in both those instances. So, I mean, even if you drop it for a couple of field goals instead of touchdowns, I'm still looking at, 2023-10-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20
you're just playing fucking Margaritaville and like Cheeseburger in Paradise and Volcano and like Pirate Son of a Sailor. Son of of a Sailor. Like you're playing (laughs) the hits, right? And that's what I think we're going to get here. We're going to get an offense that's just playing the hits. And you're not latitude and longitude. Latitude and longitude. You just like getting full on with the parrot heads because we're all parrot heads, obviously. Paradise, paradise. Heaven on earth with an onion slice. Like, come on. This is going to be a Jimmy Buffett concert of Tommy Reese calling up at his own shows. Of course, of course he does. Well, it's not really his song though. He just guessed it on that, right? Yeah, but of course he does. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if there's a song that he's on, he's going to play it. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's written anything new since 1983 or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think... Know, already- Havana 1921, great song. It takes like, I don't know, I think it's like a nine-minute song, and I was really into it in college well, because... Monday, we haven't thought... You get really stoned and listen Monday. to it. I'll be uh, yeah yeah we could do Jimmy Buffett for for hours but I think that this Tommy Reese's problem <laughs> is that do he we is really a, want to? Of course you do. Was, we came out with we did like ten, ten bangers right in a row. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'll uh, tell you what. Somebody gave me a tickets to Martin Jimmy Buffett. I'd fucking go. The first concert I ever went to as a kid was a Jimmy. My parents took me to a Jimmy Buffett concert and no I hid under the blanket because it smelled so bad. Oh, that's <laughs> a great. You know song. what it was. That's a great. But yeah, like uh, I, you go down I, to Buckeye Lakes. The first song that I ever knew the words to was "Cheeseburger in Paradise." I ordered a burger at a restaurant, singing it when I was like five years old, singing the lyrics to the song. They didn't give me the cold draft beer, but they gave me everything else. Good God Almighty! Where do I steer? Yeah. So Tommy Reese's problem is that I think that he is a composer, not a musician. That he likes to draw up plays, and that he might not necessarily be the greatest at calling them. But I think with something like this with Drew Pine, he's going to be that Jimmy Buffett where he's just got to dial it back, call up the hits. And I think Notre Dame wins this game, and I think the offense starts to turn a corner. And we'll, we'll see what the season rolls on through. Boys, we got a three-game parlay. We're all in agreement with three. I think uh, as far as our home field money goes, this is a big week for us, big week for Notre Dame. Huge, huge week. All right. So Go let, me just, Sparty. Let, let me just ask one question. Yeah. If – if uh, was it Justin or Jason? Uh, Justin. No, it's Jason. If Jason Adam Malola was cl- classless in saying that they were going to come out like dogs or whatever he said about <laughs> Ohio Reese. State, if that was classless, is Tommy Reese classless for using the word frick and shit in the same interview? He sure did. <laughs> He's not going to be I a mean, captain. Clearly, the One Foot Down podcast wholeheartedly endorses Tim, Tommy Reese saying frick. In fact, he can just say fuck. And yeah. shit. I just people should just say the words they want to say. Right. And whatever's in your heart, man. You know, does, is a 30 year old saying that somehow okay, but a, a 21 year old saying it not okay? Because I'm just I'm asking for a priester. Right. I mean a friend. Once once again, Notre Dame is so goddamn lame about so many things, and that is definitely one of them. Yeah. It's just like just whatever, man. You guys I don't know care. Drew, his care factors through the roof. He gives a shit a lot. If you think my kids haven't heard that while I've been trying to put together some Christmas toy, like what, what do we care for the children? Is there an adult out there who actually like flips the flips the frick out? If he hears the word shit. 
know. I feel like we accidentally say ship in front of our kids at least once a week. <laughs> oh, I say a lot worse than that. The great thing is they don't repeat it. Yeah. Because well, I, to be honest with you, we're gotten we've gotten to the point where we've used it as a teaching lesson, right? We've said like we've our, Grady's well aware of what's what words he should and should not say, right? Like my my wife freaked it, uh, flipped out because I I uh, watched Drive to Survive with him on Netflix and it was like uh, they weren't they weren't bleeping the curses it was just they were curses and I said to him look we're gonna watch this show and you're gonna be a big boy right you're gonna hear a lot of words you're not supposed to repeat and there if you, you want we can talk we can talk about them but you know there's you know which words you're not supposed to say and if you I, if you're gonna if you're gonna blurt them out please blurt them out at home don't blurt them out. At, See, that's my biggest fear, Jude, is the words that my wife and I don't say that are terrible. That's what I want to make sure my kids never say. I don't, I don't care if they say fuck, shit, bitch, asshole. I don't care. I, I'm, maybe that makes me a bad dad. I don't care. Live your life. Say the words that are in your heart. But there are lots of other words out there that are absolutely terrible. Yeah. And those should never come out of my like kids mouth. when my youngest they son do, said, they sure as hell never heard them from me when my youngest son <laughs> said he'd never he had never made friends with a brown kid before and i was like oh kid we don't know we don't uh i'll uh. oh, do the the racist words in kids is like the most awkward situation ever they don't fucking yeah. know any better like when you know, they're talking just, about the crayola colors and they're like well we're peach <laughs> like, ryan walked okay, up yeah, sure. ryan walked up to a to a little ginger girl at uh, at the zoo one year, this is, this is quite a few years ago, and asked her why her face was so dirty. <laughs> oh no, no. the freckles. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, and look at we're uh, his his whole mob side is fucking Irish, Polish. There's freckles everywhere, and yet he chose at this point to walk up to some little, some sweet little girl and ask her why her face was dirty. It's those those are the teaching moments. Like, bro. So I, I I actually have a similar situation that I put my parents in when I was a kid. So I got used to get poison ivy real, real bad when I was a kid, like super highly allergic, right? And uh, we were talking after mass to a kid that my parents knew, and he had really bad acne, but I didn't know what acne was. And so I blurted out, oh, you, have po- you get poison ivy just as bad as me, and like basically gestured to his face, and he got super red and embarrassed, and my parents like apologized. And then they explained to me what the hell acne was. And I was probably, I don't know, nine, 10. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know. Right. But, oh, God, I, I still feel for that kid today when I think about that. Like, geez. I'm seeing some DMs flying here. Tell that son of a bitch to get in here. Yeah, I don't understand why he's not just coming in. Oh, he's potting with Michael. Oh, Lauren. Uh, he just double that's... pod. Yeah, Jack Tripper, like Jack Tripper, simulcast. (laughs) Just pull pull a Jack Tripper at the Regal Beagle, like double, like with the double dates. If if no, if no one understands this, while we record every OMD podcast, it isn't just Brendan and Jude and I. There's also Greg on the invite, so he could just pop in whenever. It has been a long time. His phone rings at 7 p.m. his time. It's been a long time since Greg just jumped on it. Yeah. Anyways. <sighs> well, unless Greg makes a glorious appearance, I think our work here is done, boys. 
we successfully Go buried Irish, Marshall. Beat Bears. Yeah. The trap game. We successfully have talked ourselves into a covering the spread victory against yeah. the Cal Golden Bears. Uh, what's up, Christiane? And uh, I don't know. I, I guess I got some more positive vibes flowing into the weekend. We're in green. I'm uh, I'm heading down to the game, Josh. I know you are. I know you are. I am. Uh, I am not. <laughs> I will be at a uh, at a tri volleyball match with a tablet, a laptop, phone, and earbuds, and it is going to be glorious. So, Josh, and that's after that's after the boys' uh, football practice in the morning, and then there is supposedly a birthday party for my niece. And I'm looking at all these people like they're crazy. Like, I'm supposed to be in South Bend. And the girl's, my niece's birthday, guess where her dad's going to be? The Marshall, the, the Cal game? The Cal game. Oh. <coughs> hey, I'm trying to I figure wanna, out how this all worked out. I don't want to brag, but I do have two upper deck seats for the Purdue Syracuse game this this weekend. So <laughs> That is uh, braggadocious. If you, guys, uh, uh, if you guys want me to scout the uh, the orange, I might. I might be I, we, we will need you it's to a do nooner. that. It's a new kickoff. Because you'll be there oh. for – Josh, can you get him in – well, no, he probably doesn't need want to be in the booth because uh, you – we probably could get him in the booth, right, for the, the Cuse game of the Dome. Oh no! I've got so many obligations that day. I can't. I can't. Also, Josh, just so you know, no one's as big as a dick as Ohio State. (laughs) (laughs) Not even Michigan was that big of a dick. I'm just gonna let you know if Brain Lindsay goes off, like I think he could potentially go, and they put him. Are are we going full anime on the site? Well, we're not going full anime on the site. I'm gonna ask him. I'm gonna ask him. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna question in there on the presser because I'm gonna be sitting in there, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I'm I'm gonna try and get I'm gonna try and get one in there. I'm gonna ask Brian Lindsay to compare his career to shown in anime. Mm, do it. Oh my god. Do it. Say, br- and you Brady, know it would be his I, favorite. So question. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna need a we're gonna need like a 97 yard yeah two touchdown so say, game. Hey, Braden. Oh yeah. Uh, question over here, over here, Braden. Yeah, over here. Uh, yeah. Nine catches, 181 yards, two tutties today. Um, when did you evoke your super Saiyan powers and how oh, no. did you do it? <laughs> it would be deeper than that. It'd be like, Brayden. Um, so I know this you draw a lot of inspiration. Of season three, episode season three, episode four of <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I know you draw a lot of inspiration from, uh, uh, Shonen manga, uh, specifically Haikyuu. Uh, can you, can you explain to me, um, how anime has, positively impacted your playing career and your ability to stick with it being a fifth year player. Do you think we you, you, you think are going to blow up the minds of say, like 98% of the reporters there? Cuz you know he will spend like 15 minutes going on, right? First of all, he'll laugh. And second of all, Pete Sampson will talk about this for 10 years like he talked about that one guy who asked that question that Brian Kelly said, "Yeah, I was the, hey, I was there for that." And that yeah. I can't get that out of my mind either. <laughs> <laughs> Brayden Lindsay will spend – he will pontificate. If I give him that floor in a press do conference, it. he do will it. pontificate. So let's, uh, so let's all, all hope for, for Brayden Lindsay to go We all got to cheer for a, for a big, big game oh, for Brayden Lindsay. As soon as Brayden Lindsay cuts it deep for his third touchdown of the game, I'm going to be like, I cannot wait to hear what Brent, what what uh, what uh, question Brendan is going to ask in the, in the post. I will find out where the post-game presser is being broadcast, and I will tune in just to hear Brendan. Yeah, and I, I doubt – 
I doubt Katie or anybody else is listening this deep into this podcast, so they won't even know what's happening. Oh no, 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 they will be ready. They will. I know they ready. listen. I know for a fact. Not this deep. People listen to this goddamn thing. Not post picks. Not, 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 not after. Not after the first twenty to, minutes. They don't get to the um. What do we What do we call this area of the podcast? The uh, the. Jude Seymour uh, marriage and uh, child <laughs> memorial segment. <laughs> you know, we were talking about shirts the other day about making making up some polos. I think I think we need the polos, but we also need we definitely need OFD podcast memed shirts because there's just too fucking many of them now. And Jude pulling out the weddings at the purse. You could have like a, a stork in a, a stork, a stork, uh, a wedding thing. And also a, like, unfortunately uh, the gravestone. Jude, you set, you set like timers on the Holy Trinity, stuff, right? Like, cause it's the only way I can imagine. Cause you are like, you're like rain man with how spot on you are with all of them. <laughs> what timers on what? I'm sorry. I missed like weddings and birth of childs of, 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 of players and just all of it. It's just like, uh, oh, like yeah. unbelievably on point. There's yeah. nobody more informed on the beat no. about Absolutely. Ab- on, the, on this matter than Jude Seymour. <laughs> nobody. It's not even close. Like you are, uh, you are the loose emoji of this realm. I'll take it. All right. So speaking of which, now that there's this big hype up, Jude, what do you got left in the tank? So Las Vegas Aces won game two of the NBA, WNBA finals, which means Jackie Young is one win away from being a first time WNBA finals champion. So, go Aces. Go Aces. That's all I got. Brendan, my friend, what do you got left in the tank? Is it too early to be putting out uh, Halloween decorations? No. All right, well, good. Then that's all I got. I'm already putting them out. <laughs> Put them out. I'm already putting them out. My bathroom door is adorned with like a zombie sitting on the toilet. So basically, the middle of September is like Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, that's basically it. Christy was at oh. Home Goods last weekend before the game. Oh God, I'm um, sorry. Well, no, it's like therapeutic. Sorry for your wallet's loss. It's therapeutic. Well, yeah, you know, it's it, it's good. Happy wife, happy life. Home Goods does the trick. And she was at Home Goods, and like she was excited because she was going to bring back some Halloween stuff because we kind of like tool around the summer. And she was like, "Oh, look at the Halloween stuff!" She was out there at Home Goods. They already have their fucking Christmas decorations. Dollar General already has some Christmas sh- shut up. It's they no didn't Home have, Goods, but like <laughs> I, I was, uh, she was distraught. I was distraught. I was expecting her to come back with some like fire Halloween shit, and uh, she was like, "Yeah, there there was some Halloween stuff, but it was mostly Christmas at this point." Yeah, tar- uh, Target, same thing. Oh my God! Yeah, there was a there was a a ghost throw pillow that my wife loved, and it was only ten was only ten bucks at Target. And somehow she found one, but yet on every wet on there they've been sold out for like weeks of these things. And I was like ten bucks, but then you you uh, Google it and look, look to see who's selling them. They're going for like 30, 40 fucking bucks a yeah. pop. So somebody walked you, in there. Dude, that's why Home Goods is just, the best. Because if you if you ever see anything that you like at Home Goods, buy it immediately. Because you'll never you'll never be able to buy it again. 
And then if you don't like it at some point, you can just sell it again. Because Home Goods is is the best store uh, that there is. I see. I beg to differ. What's better than Home be, Goods? I'm gonna I'm gonna be a pretty basic bitch about this. Well, Target. Target's pretty good. I think fuck it. I think IKEA is the fucking quintessential store. IKEA is perfect. Yeah, they don't perfect. have the seasonality, and they don't have the yes, like. They I do. love IKEA. It, I love it, IKEA. It's not full. It's not full on. It's not full on, but they do have some seasonal stuff. But I mean, just as like a place to get everything that you need, IKEA is the perfect store, and it's cheap. What if so I, I want to buy a, a, a sterling silver chalice the size of um, you know, half the size of the Stanley Cup with deer antlers on it to chill my beer? Where can I buy that? Is that at Home Goods? Home Goods. That's at Home Goods. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely at Home Goods. Yeah. Yeah. I, if you guys didn't know this, I sold furniture, high end furniture, for for a long while, and. I noticed back then that people were starting to look at these $3,000 sofas and going, why the fuck am I paying 3000 when this place right here has 500 And I couldn't figure it out for a while. And then I just realized people's furniture shopping and home decor is like attention spans anymore. It does not last. No one cares if it's quality anymore. They just want something that looks good for a short while. And they're willing to keep dumping money into what is basically trash consistently. And count me among them, uh, because I think my wife has conditioned me that way. At least it's the only thing that keeps me like from not going completely broke for as much as she changes her mind <laughs> about things. So I'm all for IKEA. I, I have no beef against IKEA. I got some IKEA furniture. Um, There's so the sofa I got in my office right now is from IKEA, and it is my favorite sofa in the house. It is well built. It is an excellent seat. It's way better than the fucking thing I spent eight times on, eight times more on that's in my living room. It's ridiculous. Anyways, I got nothing left. I am just amazed I made it through this podcast. Uh, I have a temperature gun. I've been taking my temperature every like couple minutes. If you can hear the beep, uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm under. Uh, but uh, just felt like shit. Notre Dame, Notre Dame team has made me feel like shit. Watching. I'm not going to do it. I'm going I'm to keep keep that guy's name out of my mouth. Fuck him. Just touch some grass and you'll be okay. No, do not touch fucking grass. Just quit being a fucking nerd. Yourself. Anyways. Notre Dame's gonna win this thing. Love we you got all. the most, we got Friends the most together. gorgeous head coach in America. <laughs> According to every female I've talked to, my sister attacked me today. We were we went and saw my my grandma today, and on the drive back, she's like, "So let's talk about the Ohio State game." I'm like, "Really? Like, all right, what do you want to talk about?" So we talked about that, and then it did. It was three minutes in the conversation, and then she just blurted out you know, how hot Marcus Freeman was. I'm like, this is a problem. Like, this is a problem because <laughs> thirst is real. <laughs> the thirst is real. That is right. All right. Let's go fucking get it. Let's go get a win. Fuck Cal. Go Irish. Thanks for listening.